Hi, I'm Michelle Raven. And I'm Ross Kearney. And welcome to Cryptic Whispers Podcast. Yay. And what are we talking about today? We are talking portals. Yes, thanks to a listener request who wanted to know a little bit more about portals after our Bigfoot discussion the other week. Thanks for the suggestion. Yeah. No, it's an interesting topic. I think it's uh, portals are hard to define. And I think that's kind of why the request was, I never heard of this and we didn't really define it at all in the Bigfoot episode. So I think it's a good place for us to explore that idea. I agree. Um, and also on the next episode that's coming out, I think we touch on it again in the second episode. So it felt like a really good time to actually talk about portals, especially if it's going to keep coming up, which it is. So let's start with what do you think portals are? I think that's a really general question. <laughs> yeah, it is. I think the portals mostly are just a place where... I don't even know how to define it simply. See, for me, like, I've always considered portals as thin spots between our world and another world, where there's an overlap there where the basically the, the walls between the realms is thinner. Okay. And, so, and it's a way for us to cross over one way or, to, or the other. So in my experience, what I've dealt with mostly through portals is not that experience. My experience with portals is more that it is a place that where energy collects. It's more of a hub. It's not really a place that thins. It's just a place that has energy. We say stuck, but it's not necessarily really like stuck as in it isn't supposed to be there. Like natural portals and energy collections occur all over the place. Ley lines are portals. I was just going to ask if, if <laughs> how much ley lines fall into that and if it's like the crossing of the lines that is a portal for you or. I actually don't really believe that ley lines are portals. I think that there are certain points on the earth that just hold energy different and uh, we can feel that and sense that in our bodies and how we react to it. I think that to say that those points only happen on ley lines, it, I don't, I'm not sure if that's actually true or not. And I don't know. I don't know that ley lines are considered portals in okay. my understanding of it. So what would be a place that you would give an example for of being a place that is a portal? Like, is there a physical location you can name? Like, I know a lot of people say, like, Sedona and Arizona and things like that is one of those places where the energy is high and malleable and you're able to do a lot more there. Yeah, I mean, I feel like places like that are definitely, definitely have, like, a higher vibrational energy or a different vibrational energy than what we are used to. And that's why we react those ways. You know, when you go hiking a lot, you can like start to feel the vibration of the earth underneath you and kind of tell what rocks you're standing on. But if you're like really in tune to what you're doing um, and I feel like that's the same idea, you know, any place can be a portal or a place for energy to collect. So then you talk about like hiking up mountains and such. I mean, being in new England, most of those mountains are granite based, correct? Mm hmm. Yes. So granite's been considered one of those um, rocks that's able to record energy and store energy. That's basically what they a say. giant battery. 
Yes. So that could attribute to mountains being some sort of energy collector and portal of of higher understanding and higher energy. Right. I agree with that. And like especially around here in the White Mountains, we also have a lot of limestone and a lot of quartz that just occur naturally all over the place, which are all very high vibrational conductive stones. Yeah. For me, I don't know. I've never really considered portals as energy collectors or places where energy is stuck, but where energy is flowing between things. See, for me, the reason why that doesn't work is because a lot of times people are saying like things are using portals to pop through from one space to the next space. And the problem that I have with that is that, uh, I don't think that most of these things need that to pop back through and forth. So if we're talking like spirits or ghosts or entities, then, you know, they don't need a thinning of the veil. They don't need a portal to come through because they can just do that if that's what they choose to do. But then we get into some of the the modern theories on aliens and ultra terrestrials and things like that, where they require some extra elements in order to be able to do that. They just can't do that. I don't understand what you mean. Um, one of the theories of like ultra terrestrials and aliens and dealing with abductions is that they are harvesting elements from people because we're the only ones able to actually travel back and forth. And they need those biologics from us, blood or whatever, in order to facilitate their own traveling between dimensions. <laughs> The thing that I don't understand the most about most of these theories is why everything is so based in body. Why I don't understand why everything is so based in body. We when we die in this meat suit and we get to be out of it and it's going to be glorious, like you don't have to you won't be thinking so much about needing the meat suit to do the thing. I think that that in a lot of theories really kills it for me. Like why are why do we think our human body is so important that we could do this thing that nothing else can do, but we don't actually know how to do that thing? Like I don't understand that at all. I think it is that we do know how to do the thing that we are able to do the thing. But I mean what you're talking about is a, a soul that exists after your body dies. Which, you know, isn't, I don't know. I mean, that's such a Christian idea. I'm not talking about a soul that exists after your body dies. I'm talking about you existing as an energy that has consciousness from here on out because we are all existent and flowing through and with the universe. So even when we are not here physically, we do continue to exist in the collective. I'm I'm, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. I'm trying to absorb that. How do I process this? Yes. (laughs) It is very much like, okay, you know, as somebody who does believe in a collective consciousness and a collective subconscious, see, I would, I would view that as that we, that part exists outside of all of this. We wouldn't be getting rid of this meat suit because that part already exists outside of this physical world. So you're not losing anything. You're just where you always were. Well, but you're no longer attached to the physical. I mean, that's assuming that we're attached to the physical now. 
I try very hard not to be. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, that's the thing is, is what we're experiencing anything that's physical. Is it actually physical or is it just how our brain is interpreting it? Yes. And that's oh. kind of my thing is that it's, if we fall into like simulation theory, this is all fake. Everything that we're experiencing and it's our mind is just being tricked to experience. So it's not actually reality. Right. So therefore our energy inside and our consciousness already exists where it already exists. And that what we experience as reality isn't actually a reality. It's just watching shadows on the wall of a cave. Right. And, you know, so portals and thin spaces are traversing that and moving to higher planes of existence and different levels of existence. Seeing more than just those shadows or seeing different shadows. Okay. So. I Like, I can see that. <laughs> like, I understand why yeah. that's the preferred um, understanding of portals. Is that the preferred? I don't know. I think it is. I think okay. that most people think that um, portals are an energy space that things can pop in and out of energetically or, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, a portal can also just be a shift in consciousness and a, a shift in ideas. I mean, every threshold we cross is a portal. Every new environment we enter is a portal. Mm -hmm. like, even if it's something familiar, like when I leave my room and go into the hallway, I'm in a completely different space and possibly a completely different reality. My mind has shifted and what was in the room I just left no longer exists in my conscious mind. Right. Because if you're only experiencing things as a pure experience of what's in front of you, you're only experiencing what's there. So when you step through a portal or a, a threshold, you are entering a different reality. And we're constantly shifting our realities by doing that. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of my idea of... The basic level of what a portal is and then you extrapolate it out to larger spaces possibly or moving beyond just a one room to another but putting that into a one universe or another or you know a different reality or another or stepping into a higher level of reality or a lower level of reality right however realities are stacked or connected mm -hmm. i feel like you're def you're talking more like philosophically and yeah. I am talking <laughs> more physically. I And I think that's probably because I actually have had a lot of physical experiences with clearing energy and um, working with portals in homes mostly, but also like uh, in land and things as well. So how is a portal in a house? What is that like? It's usually just stuck collected energy. What happens is people tend to feed it. Because, you know, so you ever do you have a spot in your house that just is kind of like a weird dark spot? Like you're just walking through the hallway and the, it's kind of not lit well. And like you just feel like there's like something. Yeah. That's usually like stuck energy. Yeah. So what can happen is people start feeling that and they get uncomfortable and they start putting like this uncomfortable energy into walking by this. And it just becomes more and more of like this thing that they feed in their mind and the energy collects there and it eventually usually starts making people feel uncomfortable. And then it can go from anywhere from that. It can call in other energy. Cause you know, if, you turn on a little light, it attracts things, right? So it doesn't matter um, what it is, it's going to attract other things to it. 
So for me, like a portal and a house is usually usually just starts as like some kind of stuck energy and then other things start becoming more and more attracted to it. Just, I guess the terminology portal is part of it where it's a portal is something that goes, something goes through. I didn't name it that though. This is the thing that I have issue with 100%. I'm going to agree with you. 100% is that that's not actually a portal, but 99% of the time when people are talking in their house about having portals, it is this stuck energy that is collecting more energy thing that is happening. It is not actually a physical like portal portal, but Again, there's no other word to call it so that other people who are in the field and are doing the same work understand what you're talking about. That's interesting. It's a it's a confusion of the terminology to me where it seems to almost be an antithesis of what it is. Yes. Yeah. Which, you know, probably adds to the whole confusion of portals. Well, I really think a lot of the things that we have put labels on or said, you know, this is this is stuff that we maybe didn't have a ton of information about to begin with. And that there are probably better words to describe things um, that would be more helpful and would probably make it easier for people in general to be able to come together about shared experiences. But the only way to do that is to just kind of come up with stuff and try and implement on your own. Yeah. So, no, I'm just saying it's like if somebody's hope trying to. stuff catches on. If you describe something as a doorway, but it actually is just something that's solid and not actually a doorway, it's it makes it confusing. Right. But what else would you call that? Well, I mean, you use the term just stuck energy. Like, what's wrong with that? Because that's not how people usually do. That's not how, if you're getting a phone call from someone that is just very uncomfortable in their house and they want the negative energy gone, the phrase that comes out of their mouth is not going to be stuck energy. It's going to be, there's bad energy here. It feels like there's bad things coming through. They will use the word portal. Sometimes I've had people specific message me and say, I have a portal in my house. So you have to go with the language that people know. And honestly, if you're just going in to cleanse a house, do you really need to do this big, huge education on the difference between like a portal and stuck energy to this person who just wants to feel good again? Like, no, let's, they don't need that. They just need you to reassure them and make them feel safe and secure in their home again. Agreed. It's, you know, but I could definitely see why on a layman's level, why it's confusing terminology. Mm hmm. But again, we go back to these ghost shows that, you know, use a lot of these words in ways that they probably should not be using them. And it does get back into the culture where people are using words and things that they don't have a ton of understanding about. So it makes it hard to help them without correcting them. And that sometimes is not great. Yeah, I mean... It brings up something interesting where back when I was going through the process of applying to be a MUFON investigator, part of the handbook was specifically like when you're talking to somebody, do not use terminology from the UFO community because Mm -hmm. you want to be clear and concise with the person you're interviewing so that you don't 
add confusing terms or lead them on with anything. You want it to just be like, nope, we want this, 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 and this. And mm-hmm. I thought that was an interesting thing of like, oh, they they want you to avoid using the common terminology within the community when you're talking to somebody who's outside the community. Right. You have yeah. to work with what people know. Like you yeah. have to communicate with people on their level. It doesn't work any other way. So then portals being stuck energy. Are you saying that portals attract Bigfoots? <laughs> I think they can. <laughs> yes. But I don't think that Bigfoot needs a portal. But there could be an area where there's a higher population of bigfoots because there's a portal yes okay hubs of energy so then that falls into bigfoot being a being of energy of some sort of not necessarily a physical being right yeah just a big old being a human being so i mean since we're on also part of it being gateways and doorways and stuff there's other portals that exist like we've talked about fairy rings and things like that Mm mm-hmm where it is an entrance to another world. Mm-hmm. So is that an energy flow? Um, I think that's more traditional portal type, like go through it in a totally different dimension, different place, different time. Yeah. I mean, that opens up also those stories that people have of time slips where they ended up in a different time completely mm-hmm. where things aren't matching up and things don't look right. And Yeah seeing themselves as doppelgangers or whatnot. Yeah. I've had a a lot of weird experiences. Like I've had a couple of lost time experiences where like just time is missing, but I always thought it would be really cool to have one where you're like just back like 10 minutes before and just kind of replay. But then, so I don't know. It was like this thing I used to think about when I was a kid all the time of like, being going back in history but it just being like 10 minutes in the past <laughs> i mean that's galaxy quest right that was their whole yeah. machine there where it was like well, we'll going back what three minutes or whatever oh yeah enough to correct was. enough yep. to correct one mistake they said right you know <laughs> and rick and morty did that too where he's able to kind of reset he had the little device where he's able to kind of like oh i screwed that up travel back in time just a little bit so he could start over again and have the yep. conversation again so it is something that's been carried on, at least in sci-fi. Yeah. But I've never really seen it in fantasy so much. No, I don't think so either. Hmm. I guess Harry Potter with like the little time spinny thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's other examples. It's been a long time since I've really read any fantasy at all. Yeah. But I'm just trying to think of if those exist in our pop culture and our fiction, that kind of idea must exist somewhere in lore and history, I would think. I mean, very few things from stories these days are original. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I was thinking maybe Merlin had like a spell to go back in time or something. I don't think that's right. Merlin aged backwards. Right. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Which was always kind of, he lived through time backwards, which was, I always thought was a cool concept. As baller. Yeah. So my favorite Merlin is still the the Sword of the Stone Merlin with the Bermuda shorts and sunglasses. Me too. That is just the best. When you look at the end, I was just like, man. That's so good. That's the best. That's the Merlin I want to hang out with. Me too. Because I guess he's a little bit more Gandalf than that point. Gandalf the Grey, at least. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Where he's just kind of cool and chill and like, yeah, let's goof around, guys. Mm -hmm. I've got a bunch of fireworks. Let's have fun. Yeah. Here's another element of traveling through reality. Mm -hmm. Our dreams where our consciousness actually is traveling to a whole nother reality Mm -hmm. and our consciousness is loose from our physical body as you would prefer. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, So 
that is also an element of, to me, like the the gateway type portal. Interesting. I've never thought of dreams that way, but I actually, when I do, when I do astral projection, I literally, I like definitely think about going. I guess it would be por- portals. Yeah. Do you, do you vis- like visualize a door opening or or something? Or, I just fly. Or? I mean, like, I it really is just like a mist appears and I fly into it. I'm really big on the mist when I'm like okay. in other form. I just like not having any real form of anything and enjoy that around me as well. Apparently that reminds me of kind of the, some of the descriptions of people um, through the Bermuda triangle with mm-hmm. large mists and a lot of electricity and a lot of the instruments going kind of crazy. Yeah. And you know, are they traveling through a whole different realm or are they traveling through a whole condensed piece of energy? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Bermuda Triangle's always fascinated me as a kid. I had a friend whose dad was a naval ship captain, and he was just like, it's just springs, and it kind of ruined it for me. So, <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've seen that theory where it's just basically like water coming up and sinking ships. and Yeah, that's pretty yeah. much what he said. Yeah, doesn't explain the aircraft, though. No, not really. Whereas Unless if they... Spouting up out of the water... Yeah, but you feel like that'd be something that would have been observed by somebody. I, some yeah, point. some would be saying something about it. Yeah, but usually they describe like, you know, a mist and clouds and fog that kind of disrupts all of their equipment. Yeah, that's funny that I never put that together as like a portal either. I think for me, that's like a whole different kind of phenomena. Bermuda Triangle in general or? I mean, yes, in general, but like even talking specifically about like those things happening, the electric, the mist stuff, even and then like I know that they would have big lapses of time and distance, which could be a portal. But I just never had even really thought of it like that. Yeah, it's kind of always what I've attributed it to, um, just the fact that they're very rarely able to find the wreckage. Right. You feel like if, okay, if there was some sort of environmental thing that they would have still found elements of things and been like, okay, well, there was a storm or something and they crashed. But the fact that they're not able to find anything makes it even more of a mystery. I mean, I feel like they have found some stuff in the last few years with, um, I thought they were, maybe I'm wrong, that they were doing like some searches out there for a couple of the things that had gone missing and had found some pieces, but I can't even remember now that I'm thinking about it. They found things that they suspect, like are the training group that disappeared. They suspect, but they were never able to confirm. So it remains a mystery, Hmm. which is perfectly fine. The world needs more mysteries. I agree. So for me, like time itself is a portal where we're traveling through it. Okay. (laughs) I, I don't know. Like time is tough for me where it's like time pretty much doesn't exist. But there's a causality that occurs. And every time you travel through that causality, you're entering into a different reality. It's it's the kind of the concept of every choice you make creates a whole new world. And that there's an infinite amount of universes where you make an infinite amount of choices. And so every choice we kind of make is entering into a different reality. So while time itself isn't existing, the causality of our choices is what's opening up these doors for us. And traversing our realities and i think 
that that is sometimes slipping and causing a lot of people to be confused of where they are or what's going on. I mean, I just had an instance the other day with my coworker where I swore he said something else completely. And I was like, no, I heard you say this. And it just threw me off so much where it like kind of broke my brain. And I was like, <laughs> my, my, my weirdo thought was just like, did I just switch a reality where he had, I was in a reality where he said this. And then at the end of the conversation, I was in a different reality where he had said something else and it weirded me out. And it makes me wonder if how many times we open up doors that we're not aware of. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how crazy it just sounded right there, but a, a little, a little crazy. A little um, crazy. But also, I I understand what you're saying, though. So that's good. Um, <laughs> I I agree with you, but I don't think of that as a portal either. No. No. Time is a totally different concept for me. I definitely agree with you that time is just a made-up concept. It's not really a thing. It all happens it's all happening instantaneously. However, we, we don't know exactly, but we, yeah, the only time that actually exists is now, right? Cause now is the only time you can actually make a choice. Right. But the rest of the stuff that you described was literally how I teach manifesting to people. It is to change your life. You need to just start taking new chances, doing new things, taking tiny little steps, one decision that you have never made before opens a new possibility to three things that you have never done before. So literally, so that's how, and I don't really believe in doors. There's no such thing. There's no path. There's no anything. You're just standing out there trying to figure it out. But um, there's the, the things that are the most that create the most obstacles in our life are usually ourselves. Now, not to say that there aren't other things that also create obstacles because life sucks and we all know that that's true. But a lot of the time for ourselves, the reason why we're not happy and we're not doing the things that we want to do is because we are preventing ourselves from doing those things. But how does that relate to time? I don't, I don't know. For me, it's not connected. Because time is not, doesn't really exist. So I have a hard time thinking that time and a portal are connected in that way. So, I mean, if we, but if you're talking about energy as a portal, like stuck energy, if that energy creates some sort of mass and density, it could slow down time around it. Time doesn't exist. It's not slowing down anything. <laughs> But I'm thinking of it in the terms of like quantum mechanics of, you know, higher levels of mass can slow down time like a black hole. And a black hole is energy as well. Mm -hmm. The absorption of energy. So are these energy portals that you're talking about, are they possibly like micro black holes or something like that? I have no idea. Okay. I mean, I have never come across an energy so dense that I thought that it was like bending time or whatever around it. I, I it w could be possible, I guess. But I mean, that could attribute but to missing energy time as in like, like spirit energy and energy as in like the kind that you're talking about are not, we don't know how they actually connect. So to compare them 
on the same level like that doesn't exactly click either. Yeah. Unless you're David Lynch. Electric. David but, Lynch can do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> if you have a high density of energy that creates a slower time, in a sense, if you are in that path of slower time and you step outside and all of a sudden time has moved faster outside of that, that would be missing time. Where you're like, well, it's only been, it's three hours later, but I've it's only been 15 minutes because there was something around you that was causing a way for you to perceive time slower than it was actually happening. Or you weren't here to physically perceive the time because you were gone. Yeah, because you were abducted by aliens. Or you were in another dimension. Yeah, which then goes back into the portal as a as a doorway. Right, but like I already established, the portal that I'm talking about is not actually a portal, so we just don't have another name for it. So like yeah. that stuck energy theory does not really, you can't really compare it in the same way. Because like we've, even though we've agreed that it's a portal only by what it's qualified as, as the culture, that's not how, that's just what I call that thing. That's not what an actual portal is. Yes, but I'm just saying that if being near this high-density energy could affect how you experience the world around you. Like, you talk about how it's negative energy and attracts more negative energy, and it can build and accumulate, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so that's if you're around that and you're experiencing it, it could affect how you experience the passage of time or things like that. It's not necessarily entering a different realm. It's just your perception of the reality around you is being warped. I think, yeah, sure. That makes sense. Yep. So then, yeah, whether you fall into simulation theory and our, the world is completely malleable or, you know, it's all exists within our head, but I think energy can have a major effect on, on us as beings. I mean, it definitely does, but I think we get stuck into this kind of like very definitive mindset of this is this and this is this, and we still don't even know if the things that we are calling the baseline things, what they actually are. So we have all of this language and all of this knowledge that is built on stuff that is very incomplete and it's very hard to get a consensus because, well, because there's such a stigma about talking about all of this stuff still, even though it is coming out a lot more and people are being a lot more vocal about it. Well, but, I think there's a stigma because people are afraid. They don't right. want to talk about it because they don't want to accept that the world around them is more complex than they I can accept. I think it's because they're afraid of people judging them and making their lives miserable. I don't think it really has as much to do with them being afraid of what the answer is. I think that we don't give people enough credit that, you know, just because we think they're going to be scared and react a certain way doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to. I think that really what most people are scared of uh, is how other humans react to them. See, I think there's a lot of people that want just simple answers and being presented with bigger questions, they avoid it because they don't want to deal with it because they don't mm -hmm. want to be to accept that the world is larger than they can understand and that they are so infinitesimal in it. I understand what you're saying, but I don't necessarily agree. I think <laughs> that just because you're, you become open-minded doesn't mean that everything becomes big and scary. And I think the more that we say that 
you know, opening your mind is big and scary, the more people are going to think that. So I think that opening your mind is beautiful and that it's not scary and it makes me feel more connected to other people than it does feel insignificant and that it's important to talk about these things so that there is less fear attached. It is, it is certainly important. It's certainly important for everybody to be talking about it and talking about it and exploring it. I've just, I look at how massive religion is and religion is something that gives you easy answers and it, it, yeah, but more people are turning away from religion than ever before. Exactly. I know we have this like crazy evangelical stuff that's going on, like, and for real, it's disgusting, but we actually, the numbers are showing that more and more people have less and less faith in their churches and their communities, and they're turning away from their Christian values more and more. Yeah. So there is an awakening happening with people and people are... Yeah. But I think there is still a majority of people that are afraid of being like, oh, I don't I don't want to think about that. I just want to be told what the answer is so I can bury my head in the sand and not worry about it. I think that that might have been true 10 years ago. I don't think that that's as true anymore. Like, I know that, you know, social media tends to be an echo chamber. You know, you get more of what you put into it and, you know, it can be an echo chamber. But I also see a lot of things where a lot of people are really starting to see things in a very different light and they're really starting to like want to have new ideas and recognizing that the systems that we have and um, the oppression that is happening and has been happening especially like religiously for a very long time is just not going to cut it anymore yeah i mean you know i totally understand that i totally get it i it's just my experience with humanity is everybody's always looking for the easy answer, the easy way out. Cause they are afraid of dealing with the big questions and like, you know, they don't want to deal with the unknown. I have not had that experience. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is good. I think that I'm very blessed to live in a place where we have a lot of community. So I am sheltered from some of those things. I think for the most part, people want to be hopeful Oh, I agree that people want to coming be off the last couple of years that we've had. No, um, I just I've had those conversations where I was like, oh, I want to talk about this with my friend, and my friend is like, hey, I don't want to talk about this. I can't handle it. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with this. I don't. I don't. I don't want to question that. I don't want to have those thoughts going through my head. Like, okay. I mean, okay. Yeah, exactly. No, it's just I've had those experiences. Again, I don't. I don't think I've ever had those experiences. I've had people be like, try and have a conversation with me and just be like, I don't understand or attempt to have a conversation and then just be like, you know what, I'm really not interested in this. But usually there's at least an attempt made to have a conversation. (laughs) Yeah, it's so, yeah, for me, it's been like people that are afraid to talk about some of this stuff because it means their reality that they understand is going to be destroyed. And a lot of people can't handle that. I guess. (laughs) that seems i mean i get it i do i understand like people like to be safe i yes they are they're very they are very tough and people are going through a lot and i understand that and 
if you need to lean into things to make yourself feel better and lean away from other things, then I totally, totally get that too. It just sucks because you know that a lot of the time those kinds of people would actually do so well if they had those conversations and probably really flourish. They would. I agree. But what are you going to do? You can't force anybody. No. It's a it's a weird kind of thing to, to force somebody to open up their mind. You will sit here and you will listen <laughs> to this podcast with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a clockwork orange thing and make them be like, yeah, see, wake up. Come on. <laughs> Drive everybody nuts. The world is not what you think it is. That like is I was, true. Yeah. Like I was listening to this uh, commentator that was talking about how uh, his colorblindness is something that allowed him to understand that people perceive reality in different ways. Mm-hmm. And that was that was his introduction of of understanding that, of being like, oh, not everybody sees something like I see it. And trying to explain to somebody how he sees something differently is very difficult. Yeah. People will be like, how do you see blue? And he's like, I, I, I don't know what you mean. Like, I see it this way, but to me, it's always that. So I don't know how to say it's something different. Mm-hmm. He can't yeah. say that it, the blue looks red because it, the blues always look like that to him. Right. I think as someone who came up in through school in the disabled community and um, who has friends and family members and loved ones who are disabled, that one of the things that you notice right away is how different um, things are for people who are physically disabled and who are not physically disabled. So I that was something that I learned very quickly at a very young age from having just disabled loved ones, you know, that they're what they can do and what their perception of is different than what like normal society would consider. And that's not wrong. And there's, you know, whatever, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but it's, was a really good lesson to learn for me very, very early on is that everybody's perception is very different. Yeah, everybody has a different perception. Perception. Everybody has a different reality that they right. exist in. Yep. And it's kind of like we need our own little personal gateways and portals in order to open up those doors to be able to communicate with each other. Yes. And to understand where somebody else is coming from and where they are. And we that's something as humanity as a whole needs to be working on. And I think a lot of us are working towards that. But I agree. It allows, but we need those little tiny openings for us to be able to get through and try to connect. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I mean, and whether it be pop culture things, movies, music, books, that's always an, an entryway for some people. Mm-hmm. And therefore, yeah. that's a gateway. Yes. And a way for ideas and realities to shift back and forth amongst people. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't consider those to be portals. <laughs> That's why you said gateways that time. <laughs> I mean, I yes, but I still don't. I don't see that as a as a gateway or a portal. For me, that's a totally different. When you're talking about com, the, to me, all of those things are community. So I don't see them as portals. That's like once everything has already been woven together. And everything is coming together. That's what those things are. You know, shared experiences. I don't feel like those are portals. You don't think that, like, those kind of entryways into understanding another person as a portal? No. Mm Mm-mm. No. Okay. I think that is 
definitely like philosophically maybe but I just don't I don't think that I really align with that philosophical way of thinking about it okay to me it's very different yeah to me it's just different yeah everything's different yes it is that's why we're discussing it (laughs) yes and to even just start off with basic terminology of understanding yeah which we're quickly learning is not easy. No, even amongst us. Yes. Should put out a book of definitions. No one would read it anyways. No. <laughs> Be ridiculous. Yes, which is fine. Everybody should have their own words and their own language and their own way of describing things. But it does make it harder to get a consensus for understanding. Yeah. I don't know how many times my family has turned to me and go, what the hell are you talking about, Ross? <laughs> Even though I feel like I'm making sense. I get that occasionally, too. Yep. So what do your cards say? What can they interpret for us? Oh, I don't know. It's a good question, though. All right. What do you have to say for us today? King of Pentacles. Knight of Wands. Six of Pentacles and the Magician. Um, so what I'm picking up is that okay, there's definitely a lot of energy. All these cards are like the energy is jumping out at me. There's a lot of energy work that's happening, that's going on, shifting consciousness. <laughs> so this is talking about your kind of portal. <laughs> oh, the cards agree with me. The huh? cards agree with you. Yeah. Not surprising. <laughs> These cards are treacherous to me. That's so funny. They literally are saying that. Why am I not getting this? Hold on. That's what they were. Okay. So the cards are saying to be open minded and to pay attention to the energy and that the manifesting. And the hard work are all coming together to create new experiences. It's literally describing what you just described <laughs> as a portal. I'm trying to make it not. That's not true. I'm not trying to not. But it is agreeing with what you said. Okay. That's very interesting. That's so funny. <laughs> so the cards tell me I, I win. The cards say you win. Today... <laughs> yeah. The episode goes to Ross. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Again, yes. please email us, message us with ideas. Like this was a whole listener episode. Like somebody suggested this. So it took us in interesting directions. So we'd love to hear other suggestions you have. You can find us at Cryptic Whispers Podcast on Instagram. And you can email us at, by the same name at Gmail. Wonderful. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Talk to you later. Cryptic whispers. Okay, so that was interesting. That was interesting. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.